Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. This episode of Two in the Think Tank, I love, I love this. I love when an episode of a thing is brought to you by the people doing the thing. It feels very complete. Like a, and they break it down. Mm. They break it down by getting real quiet right at the beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that too. Let me just let you know something, that we're selling something. It's our own show called Magma. Mm. Yeah. I feel you want to know this. Yes, and I it's, feel... It's up for 10, 10, US, uh, 10 Australian dollars mm. Mm. at com, And then you just rummage through that page mm-hmm. and in there somewhere... Mm will be magma just sift your way through the hyperlinks and you'll find one that will lead you through a glorious hole to a glorious destination on the other side of the hole i'm describing it's describing i'm using the word glorious in the context of a hole (laughs) yeah (laughs) and this is a glorious hole not to be confused with some other kind of hole that might some awful hole (laughs) I want you to know that at the end of that hole is one of our best pieces of work. Mm. And if you don't like it, you can hate us. And that's fine. That is fine. That's fine. Because we'll already That'll have give you your closure. dollars. <laughs> you know? Are you on the fence? Mm. Ten Australian dollars and you can have closure. This could really seal the deal for you. And, you know, I can imagine that kind of thing would be a huge relief if you haven't known mm-hmm. about uh, how you how to feel about us. Either way, I say this is going to tip you over the edge. So just head along there you won't and be able to, do yourself a we're gonna, favor. We're going to seal the deal. You're not going to be able to open your deal ever again. Mm, that's right. <laughs> and... Oh, it's a jolly episode, it's a jolly, jolly episode, it's the jolliest episode around, it's a jolly, jolly episode, I hope you like the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Your time just kept changing. Did it? Oh, it's a jolly, jolly episode. It's a jolly, jolly episode. <laughs> yeah, that's what music does all the time. It's constantly changing oh, yeah. and making you question things. Um, I know, but they're not usually <laughs> recording it on a delay and improvising it. <laughs> oh, God. I'm really sorry, Al. I feel like normally... It's okay. Look, maybe I just wasn't getting it, yeah. Andy, and I don't mean to blame you. No. I don't mean to blame you. <laughs> I mean, I did absolutely blame you. Don't rhythm blame me, okay? I am as much a victim of the gods of inspiration as you are. And, That's right. you know, how they flow through me in irregular spurts is not my fault. I mean, look, there's the opposite of the of the muse is like mm, the, someone the muse. who I guess, you know, like 
Eh? The bemuse. Someone who bemuses well, you. in a way. Like, but it's like, instead of like a woman that you look at and it gives you ideas to make great work, it's it's a god of some sort, can still be a woman. Yes. Um, Very progressive. But they're kind of a bit more like Cupid. And they just shoot ideas into your head. And these these are curses. And these are curses with which you feel like you need to create them to get them out of your head. Mm. Because you feel you feel ambitious because of them. Mm. Well, I, I, I'm interested whether or not muses are also responsible for bad ideas. Like, mm. because, because, you know, we tend to think of the muse as being one who inspires geniuses, genii. But when somebody creates a truly abysmal work of anything, is that also because they were inspired by A, by a shit muse, or B, by the same muse... Sometimes the muse isn't firing all that well. You know, the muses can't they can't mm. all be they can't all be bangers. I believe it was Aphrodite yeah. who said that. But I think there's also gotta be some interpretation in there. Because if the muse is just putting the work fully in your head and then you're just recreating mm. it. True. Then why is, why does the muse well, doesn't the muse just make the stuff? Exactly. <laughs> or are they more like sort of like Andy Warhol in the factory where they're mm. in, now in such high demand that they don't really get involved? They're more sort of on the conceptual level and they leave a lot of the grunt work to people, but they sign everything. Uh, but the muses don't really sign So they're things. like Mr. Brainwash and... <laughs> and <laughs> Exit through um, the gift shop. Yeah, but like yeah, I forgot the name Andy Warhol, and who's the other one with the with the uh, the shark and the uh, ah thing? the shark David Dave David something David David s- 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 the shark shark not not th- David Shark, <laughs> um. <laughs> but I I I know the guy the guy with the shark in formaldehyde yeah. the impossibility of death yeah. in the life of something living, and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. All those great works, um, yeah, uh, quite possibly. And, that's... and these are people who are just, who are just kind of, that's their art is the coming up with the ideas. And I know you said this in a very succinct way, but but in a way, is that what what the idea is that we're the slaves to the muse? Um, I mean, I'm sure that... you're not the first to use that exact phrasing. Um, yeah, but like, but then is the are we if that's the case if the you know if there is such a thing as a muse mm. in in this the world of this sketch idea yes <laughs> um, are the people who are making the work feeling exploited sort of un, unearned pride oh yeah i see what that... but that the, that's actually the muse who should be feeling the pride but i guess i think skill level still needs to come into it i think yeah, because you know you're in in that sense the the artist becomes like a almost like a piece of audio uh, you know recording equipment for the muse, and you're limited by yeah. the kind of you know c- the compression algorithm of their talent as to how much of the the original vision can be put down on uh, on hot wax or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess maybe the muse just doesn't have a physical form, mm. but still likes the accolades that come from the physical world. Well, that sounds like they could be like a ghost, you know, like like yeah. I, 
is is are there any um any works of art that explore the concept of an artistic ghost whose unfinished business is their desire to keep making great art and so they do that sort of through in various different ways through the bodies of the living either by possessing them or by sort of trying to terrify them into <laughs> into making art you know that would be one of the few ways that many like you know like for example me i think if i was in the art world and even if i was in the comedy world Mm. um if you were you know i wouldn't i wouldn't feel like i could be one of the cool kids and climb the ladder to the heights that the cool kids make it Mm. right but i feel like if i died and i still made work that might give me the edge I need to make it into the cool kids. I like the idea of okay, so there's a there's a there's a ghost who does stand up comedy, you know, and he on on any given you know open mic or lineup night, he could possess the body of any of the performers on stage. I mean, I love mm. the idea that, you know, you go to some venue, maybe it is a, you know, a comedian who killed themselves on stage or died from some other <laughs> less horrible way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a bee sting. And their ghost haunts but, the but venue. still on stage. Uh, yes. And, um, and they never uh, got to finish their set. And so mm-hmm. they stay there possessing the bodies at random of various people. And you'd go, like, absolutely, you would go along to this venue. Oh, you've got to go to this night. They got a ghost that possesses the bodies of, of people on stage. And they've been honing like the, this. Yeah, like the, the, the other comedians show up on the day, and the room runner goes, Hey, do you mind if the ghost possesses <laughs> your body tonight? Like you can still like you can do seven instead of five for your regular set, but then you got to come back up for the uh, for the ghost set. Well, I like the idea myself that it could be anyone at random. Like they don't know until they get to the microphone, and then he like zaps into your body. But um, but your one also works, also very valid, and maybe it helps to explain sure. some of the concept a little. What do you reckon? Is this a sketch, Alistair? Andy, I've already written it up. Stand-up ghost. Now, I want to also go back and I want to possibly re-examine the idea of a god who's the god of bad ideas or like a muse Mm -hmm. for bad ideas, and they're exclusively um, inspire people to create terrible work. And so they're just as much a part of the pantheon as any of the other ones, right? You know, whatever um, muses of music and the muse of sculpture and you know that sort of thing but this is one and it's just like it's just all all garbage and (laughs) i think you know whether or not they all they visit great artists or whether they just pick on certain people and just totally keep feeding them bad ideas and ruin their wait but do you think that they're that they're conscious that their ideas are bad or well, they are... Or do they just be in themselves? <laughs> um, you're right. I think they are known as the god of bad ideas, but they are convinced that the ideas are good, the god. Yeah, because they come to you mm. and they're like, 
It's like when somebody who's really flirty and full on mm. like expresses a whole lot of interest in you. <laughs> but it's just somebody that you're really not interested in at all. But like suddenly everything is being offered to you on a silver platter. Yes, sure. <laughs> and you can't help but be flattered by that. And so when you first get offered this stuff, it's like, you're getting visited by the muse. Yeah. And you're like, oh, finally, I'm going to be a real artist. <laughs> oh, my God. A muse. This is excellent. You know, and he takes the muse home mm. and then let, lets the into muse the you know, know how... Yeah, into the studio, and then I guess you know how the muse sort of inspires you. I guess suppose they run their fingers over your scalp. Mm, yeah, yeah, like, like that. And then you're like, oh, and you pick up a paintbrush, you start splashing <laughs> stuff, and, and after a you while, know. you realize it's really bad. But the muse, like you've, the muse doesn't let up, or they don't go away. Keep coming back, getting yeah, or- you to do more stuff. Well, yeah, because afterwards maybe you're like, oh, this is actually worse than what I normally make. <laughs> when I'm just... And then they're like, oh, I love it. That's great. Really? Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Well, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm just like, maybe I haven't got my, maybe I'm just like not ready for it, you know? Yeah. It's just not what I was expecting. And then what do you organize an exhibition and everybody mocks you and you get thrown out of all the art societies but then the muse is still there being like, no, this is good. They're just not ready for you. And you just keep making worse and worse art. I don't know. Maybe there's a point where you just try to go back to doing what you do. <laughs> yeah. But the muse is still there being like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> ah, I think that's good. I think that's a that's sketch. sketch. Yeah, I think that's a sketch. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a... We're smack bang in the middle of season two, Alastair, and that is a, a season two corker. That's a perla. That is a season two bloody corker. I mean, it's no one breath left. <laughs> I don't remember what that is. <laughs> That's from the last episode where there's just there's just one breath inside the ball bag. <laughs> there's one breath of air. It's the mythical one breath of air inside the ball bag. <laughs> they say there's one breath in there. And... <laughs> Man did a deal with the with with God. And he said All right. You can you can I don't know. You can make me capable of drowning, but to make things fair, there should always be one breath left. That if you've wanted enough. Do you reckon if you were if you wanted to you could pierce the ball bag with the with a thumbnail? I reckon you could. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you could open it sort of like a, like a bag of carrots, mm. you know, like mm. by just sort of oh, with the teeth pushing your fingers <laughs> in near, and and then eventually just pulling apart. Oh, intense! You know what? Um, fingernails are really great at scratching stuff off, right? Scratching stuff off, um, off things. Like I was cleaning like the skin. oven the other day. And, like, you can yeah. go away at it with all sorts of scouring things and cleaning products, yeah. but sometimes you do get to the point where only a fingernail will do with certain bits of grot. <laughs> and I was thinking that, like, there should be a cleaning product that is just fingernails. So, like, you know, when fingernails get clipped off, 
You know, maybe, you know, oh. there's a company that collects oh. them all and sterilizes them, right? But then, like, yeah. you know, puts them in but a... But it doesn't have to. Puts them in a bag, right? And you can just... You don't always sterilize the ones on your fingers. <laughs> exactly. But, and you're cleaning the oven. You can you just get mm. out from under the sink your, your tub yeah. of fingernails and you, like, shake, you know, a handful. Maybe so it could just speak. be in a putty. In a you putty. Know, it's just a putty... Mm. You know, and I like putty, loose just, fingernails like, that look like desiccated coconut. But uh, oh. but wait, so wait, but how do you hold on to them? You just you just no, you just you rub them around. So you put them down there, and then you rub them around with a sponge or something, right? Like you would oh, any other so cleaning like an exfoliator. Yeah, kind of like a um, like you do with Ajax. You know, the powdered Ajax. You shake it on there, and then you rub it around. But having those yeah. fingernails. You'd get all that cleaning power of like a hundred fingernails in each. You know what scoop. I think would be the the ultimate cleaner would be the fingernails, mm. but they're embedded in like a an eraser. Mm. Right, because I think the eraser would be great in a regular house cleaning thing. We haven't but, we haven't we looked into this. That's very yeah, good. That's for pencils. We just think that's for pencils. We're so limited in our thinking. Uh-huh. That's for pencils if we're not allowed to draw with pencils on the counter in the kitchen. So I won't use the eraser there. <laughs> but but you start embedding some fingernails in that mm. eraser. Suddenly you're like, maybe I could clean the oven with this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's not enough fusion cleaners combining oh, the right. the cleaning power of all man's greatest cleaning products you've got um yeah. you know obviously uh fingernails you got uh, you got the eraser you got a bit of bleach and you got a bit of mother's spit in there remember when she used to spit on oh. a cloth and just mm-hmm. wipe the grot off your cheek well it's yeah. that as so well. imagine if she'd put a fingernail in that cloth remember as well, when she used to spit in your face <laughs> <laughs> mother's and spit. then walk away and there were <laughs> and you never saw her again <laughs> And you assume she was cleaning yeah. your face. <laughs> yeah, and you tell yourself that every night. <laughs> she was cleaning your face, Andy. She was cleaning your face. What about this? If you're huge scandal, mm. right? You're um, you're cleaning with your fingernails. Mm. You're sort of cleaning like your good bowl. You'd had, um, you know, you'd gotten out your good bowl and first it's your giant... A party-sized bowl of custard. Mm, yeah, I know right, exactly what you mean. I'm picturing because your wife, because your wife and kids were out for the night, and so you're like, "I'm gonna treat myself." <laughs> this is okay. Let's just stop there for a second, right? This is this is a great thing to be revealed. That, like, ladies, you don't know this, but when you go out, your man is eating on the couch, eating a big bowl of custard, just. <laughs> Like, as soon as my family leaves, so does my interest in having any health. Yes. And uh, and so I just will eat the worst things. I am deeply attracted to the idea of drinking custard from a carton. You know those yeah. big, like like I'm talking like a litre carton of custard in the, the, I don't know if they even still exist, but they were definitely a thing when I was a kid. Yeah, I feel like they might be known as drinking custards. Are you serious? I think that there there might be a drinking custard out there. 
<laughs> the, just the phrase drinking custard. What is that? Like that, that sounds to me like, you know, like pocket change or... Um... <laughs> like it's, I think it's a, it's a drinking custard. <laughs> like um, I've typed the words in, drinking custard in mm. and it says Christmas drinking custard. Wow. Art of natural living. Okay, that doesn't sound all that convincing grandma's old to me. Fashion, <laughs> grandma's old-fashioned drinking custard. There are no drinking creams, though, are there? Like, we never we never quite made the well, leap to just drinking cream. Well, they do it in America with their coffee. Yeah, but not just a cup of cream. <laughs> um, all right, Andy, I'll, I'll look it up. Drinking heavy cream. No, wait, this is a Reddit thread. <laughs> oh, that'll be a, it'll be a specific fetish of some kind, right? Yeah. Wait, it a says fetish here, for having a great cream time. Help weight gain. <laughs> um, look, so, but there's drinking custard. Mm, wow. Um, but anyway, I was thinking this is where I was going with this. You got this huge big bowl, and you're you've let you've let it sit overnight because you had just passed out on the couch after you went into a custard coma <laughs> and it's just on the coffee table there and everything is hardened mm. right and so you get out your um your bag of fingernails to clean start cleaning it up and one of the fingernails is bigger than you thought and you realize that this company is putting toenails they're selling in you there. toenails holy shit yeah like <laughs> Maybe not all of them, but you definitely some of it is toenails. Mm. That's just, disgusting. I can't <laughs> think of anything more vile. And they, and they, yeah, I think a, a mob forms in the streets, and you go to the offices of the toenail cleaning, uh, the fingernail cleaning company that's been using toenails, and you drag their CEO out into the street, and you burn them alive, and everyone. Gathers around chanting and cheering um, as they scream. I think you would have to kill them with, like in a death uh, by a thousand cuts, but with fingernails. You're right. You'll pinch them to death. Yeah. Oh, pinching. That little pinch, that little pinch just with the fingernails. Mm-hmm. That's the second pinch, right? You don't talk, we don't talk about this very much, but there's a regular pinch between the finger and yes. the thumb, right? Yes, but then then you can roll this, those around other... and leverage that into a fingernail pinch. Yeah, goddamn! And think about how much more, like concentration of your of your finger power there is mm. on that th- yeah. thin, that very thin area of, of you know that thin pinching surface. Mm. No wonder you could break the skin with that. That's the 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 killer pinch. <laughs> you know, this is. The finger, the, the the finger and thumb pinch, that's the bludgeon weapon of the pinching world. Yeah, right. But but the the nail, the nail pinch, that's the sword. Mm, the rapier. The rapier, awful word. You're right. It is. I, d- I don't feel good about it. Alistair, did you write down um, fingernail cleaning product? Yeah, I did. I I wrote exactly those words, except I I pluralized product. Because I assume there'll be a line of them. Yeah, I, I think you're right. There's a there's a there's a long line 
of potential um, things uh, lined up, um, waiting to become a reality. Go through the big door. Go through the realitizer. The realitizer. Yeah. This is a pro- this is a great product, oh. right? It's <laughs> we're fi- we're fictional things. Wait, we're just waiting in line. <laughs> well. I think you just you go along and you just tell the realitizer mm. your idea and it makes it a reality. Now, this I'm is think- different to a genie uh, because... <laughs> <laughs> but do you think, do you think there's, a, there's a waiting room somewhere, mm. right? And it's probably... Look, I imagine the realitizer is what makes this waiting room become a waiting room before that it was just a room Mm. right it was just a room where things were eternally Mm. right but after this realitizer arrived it was it became a waiting room where things and people and uh, creatures Mm. and uh, environments and things like that go to wait to be conceived of Mm. yes and to, you know, and you you might show up there. You grab a number, but the number means nothing <laughs> because there's no specific order in which things will be conceived of. Mm. It's just it has to go. Somebody has to like, you know. Sometimes have to just you know put two products together. They go, well, what about a ballpoint pen and, uh, you know, one of those bars of deodorant you rub under your arm. You make that ballpoint deodorant. You somebody has invented the realitizer. Okay, and you that they're sort of they don't want any money for it, right? To 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 use it, but everybody's only allowed to use it once in their lives, and it becomes this enormous, um, big deal. You know, when you get your turn at the realitizer, a lot of people have used their their turn at the realitizer, and they turned something into a reality that they later realized was crap, and they are living with that regret. And so they're always trying to find people who haven't yet used their turn and offer them so much money to have another shot, another another ro- roll of the dice at the realitizer. But, um, you know. Uh, it it could become uh, a dangerous addiction, um, and well, I mean, governments would probably start saying that everybody has to give their mm. their one use of it to the state. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and there would be a lot of exploitation of, I imagine, of people in you know third world countries or whatever who um, who sell their chance at the realitizer. Um, on some international market and, you know, it ends up with billionaires and trillionaires get to make so many things a reality uh, and it just becomes another source of inequality. Tragic, really. <laughs> we really thought that this was going to be the one thing to finally fix everything. <laughs> There's nothing, nothing that capitalism can't corrupt, even something as pure as the realitizer. <laughs> Because this is the problem, right? Everybody gets a go at the realitizer, but somebody can just decide not to give back the realitizer. Oh, no. Or, you know, decides to control access to the realitizer. And then suddenly this perfect system Mm. where everybody gets one go at creating something of their own imagining 
and bringing it into reality. Mm. But is this a world in which creativity and uh, making things on your own don't exist? You can... um, well, I think, this is... you know, I mean, you're right. I suppose you can still go through the the regular invention process. But I think mm-hmm. once the realitizer comes into being and once its power is is realized by everyone and there yeah. is this kind of shortcut to making things real um, where you yeah. can buy and sell, you know, and if there is this trading system of trading your chance at the realitizer, um, then I think very quickly the skills of creativity and invention would wither and die in the human psyche. And um, well, yeah. we... we it it would turn out to be a real curse, and then if the well, realitizer broke down, would oh yeah. Mm. But I think what would you would really discover is that the limits of how perfect your thought of an idea is mm. of something you've created. Like you go, all right, I'm going to create this cool underground, you know like this sort of submarine type thing that travels underground at supersonic speed. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Wow. That's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Like it drills through the earth? (laughs) It just drills through the earth, like, you know... Like that. So good. And then, but I think, but your design, like, I think, do you think it's enough to just say the words or do you have to actually picture the thing? Does it come out as the picture in your mind? Because mm. it feels like the realitizer would be, would be cheating you if it kind of adapted your idea in some way, if it editorialized mm. and sort of made it work more than your idea actually does. <laughs> So I wasn't picturing something these. that would work this well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want another go. <laughs> I think a lot of people would just, they would bring something into reality that doesn't work. Yeah. Right? And so then the, then everybody would realize, like, then there would be all these guidelines that would be like, hey, man, you got you to gotta try to wish for something. You got to bring something into reality that's really simple and that you've completely conceived of. Yeah, you're right. So maybe the the skills of creativity wouldn't be lost. In fact, maybe they'd almost be taught in children like a almost like mm. religion would be, you know, from your from a very young age, you'd be preparing children for their chance to use the realitizer and getting their mm-hmm. thoughts in order and describing things in detail and mm. Yeah, really interesting. I mean, someone would come along and say, the thing that I conceive of is a realitizer that lets me have as many goes as I Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I want. And then... <laughs> There's a realitizer that 
gives me a genie that lets me wish as many wishes as I want. I guess one of the rules of the realitizer is no wishing for more realitizers. But you can wish and don't for say a genie. wishing. Don't call it wishing as well. This is science. It's realitizing. It's realitizing. All right, now you lose your go. Back of the queue. You're not allowed to do that. That goes my right, my my human right. Um, is this a sketch? Is there any of this? Yeah. Anything? Yeah, yeah, that's a sketch. That's absolutely a sketch. I think that there's a whole film in that. Yeah, great. Oh, I'm so glad. A whole film. There's a 20 film. part series. 20 parts, eh? A whole film. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I think there's a short film in the one, in the one breath. There's, <laughs> there's short film festivals and then there's feature length film festivals. But where is hmm. the long film festival? A festival only for films that are over 10 hours in length. Well, I mean, there isn't festivals. I mean, I don't, as far as I know, for like 20 part documentaries Mm. or like, you know, or like 20, 26 episode uh, sitcoms, Mm. seasons of sitcoms that some indie sitcom makers made in their garage. Yes, yes. Um, and I suppose that's because they don't feel like they would haven't be able to get judges <laughs> that could watch enough of that stuff. But, but I mean, if you made a film festival that was that, people would maybe start making that kind of stuff so that uh, so that they could win an award. People do like to win awards, and once once it's being made, people are gonna have fucking opinions on it. You're gonna get judges. People are gonna judge that shit because that's what mm. people do. That's all we do, is judge. Should we start a, uh, a the independent twenty four episode s- season of of a sitcom festival? Well, there's already the twenty four hour film festival, but I think the flaw in that so, is that you have so, twenty four hours to make a film, and it's not a competition for films that are twenty four hours long, and. <laughs> <laughs> we should start a 24-hour film festival <laughs> that is about making a 24-hour film. <laughs> it's good. It's good. That's good. That's good. Um, great. None of this is a sketch, though, is it? No. No. Not really. Oh, I mean, I guess I think the idea of a 24-hour film festival... Um, mm. I mean, is a sketch. I think is a silly sketch. Mm. I'm going to write it down. Well, I mean, you can you could almost look at um, feature length films as being trailers for longer films because every feature length yeah. film is a shortening of events, right? Like nothing. Yep. There are no feature length films that only. Depi- I mean, there must be some, but a few, a very few that only depict, a, you know, uh, a two hour and 40 minute sequence of events. Maybe that's what Dunkirk was. Don't know. But I think uh, all other films, no, given that they are, you know, they're an editing down of something that would normally take a much longer period of time. I think. I think you're thinking of that 1917 one. 1917, yes, that's probably what I was thinking of. But all other films, you know, 
are, you know, in that a trailer is an edited-down version of a film. You can look at any film as being an edited-down version of a, a much longer film. You know, within... Yeah. it, it you're, you're just getting the highlights. And in a similar way, you could see, you could think of Friends as just the the trailer, you know, the episode of Friends, the TV show Friends, mm. all 19 seasons or whatever they did, mm. um, as just a trailer for correct the, the much bigger work. Correct, yes. Um, is that any closer to being something? Sorry? Is that any closer to being something? Sketch-wise, maybe not. Um Maybe not. I wonder if you could, you know, is is there in any kind of interesting, anything interesting to be done with making trailers but only using the most boring bits of films? Because they always put the exciting <laughs> things and the good jokes yeah. and stuff in them. But, if we, you know, could we... And we only put the worst jokes yes, in. Yes, we just make a trailer and make the movie look as boring as possible. Take a really exciting film like... Wild Wild West with Will Smith <laughs> from 1999. No. Oh, was that Will Smith? Yeah, it was Will Smith. Yeah, Sorry. It was Will Smith. Will Smith. I was thinking of Shanghai Noon. Ah, that's a great film. I haven't seen it either. Oh, it's got my favourite moment in film in Shanghai Noon. <laughs> was, it, was Jackie Chan involved? No, no, it's, all, it's pretty much all Owen Wilson. It just, I don't know what it was. I, I don't know if it would be just as funny if I were to ever see it again, but the first time I saw it made me laugh so much. I might have already discussed it on the podcast once, I think, um, where Owen Wilson is trying to dig himself out of a hole up to his neck, only using chopsticks oh. in his mouth. It's, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'd love to be able to share it with the listeners. But I'm maybe, so greedy, I refuse we'll to edit share. in a video of it. <laughs> we'll drop that in here. If we've worked out how we'll to do that, that it'll be right now. Also, it's entirely visual. <laughs> You'll be seeing it with your eyes now <laughs> if we work out how to do it. Um, um, when, when is there ever a, a good reason to bury somebody up to their neck? Because in movies, when they say that they've done that to a, a dad or something like that in a on a beach, that's usually that the dad's lying down, right? And that they just make it look like the, he's been, he's kind of standing in sand with this sand all the way up to his neck. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm struggling to picture the scenario that you're describing totally, Alistair. You know, like, like when there's somebody who's just their head sticking out of the sand. Yeah, yeah. Right. You picture that they're in the standing position. I do picture that, yes, every time. You're exactly right. Yeah. Um, but, but I think you can get the same effect by just laying down. And if not by laying down, you could definitely get it just by sort of sitting in a hole, right? Yeah, sitting. Yeah, yeah. sitting is good too. But, but if if not sitting, you could get it down by laying down. You can get it sitting. You can get it laying down. Matter of fact, <laughs> I got it now. I'm, my neck is sticking out of the sand now. <laughs> Uh, what would be the benefits? I mean, in a way, it would be the most comprehensive hug you can imagine, right? And Wait, what would be? Being buried like that, you know, like it would be you'd feel that pressure all around you. If you're standing up, 
yeah. in the sand. You've been buried up to your neck. I mean, would you still be able to breathe? If your lungs, as long as your lungs can still expand, your chest yeah. cavity can still expand, but you might not be able to. You might just die. Well, I think as long as there's a bit of give in the sand, you know. I don't as think long as the sand doesn't get it compact as as tightly as it. Very as often, it there's not be. much give in sand. Like it naturally packs pretty tight, and it's heavy. It's tiny rocks. People don't talk about this, but sand is just very, very small rocks. It's not just rocks; it's also like tiny sheet seashells. Yes, indeed. And and you know just silica. Mm. And uh, and bits of broken seaweed. down glass. Yeah, broken down bits of glass. Yeah. Have you ever looked at sand under a microscope? It's one of the most beautiful things. I've never looked at that. I refuse to. Andrew, if you want to do something beautiful with your children, that will open their eyes to the beauty that this world offers, may I suggest flying a kite? <laughs> Have you ever looked at sand through a microscope with your child? Not with my child. I, I, my, there was a dream there for a little bit that we would get a really we would get a microscope, and I was looking on Amazon for like microscopes, good microscopes, and then and then one day I I received a microscope for a birthday, and it was not what I was asking for. It was like a ten dollar job, and. Uh, the person who purchased it assumed that it would just all be the same, but it was not all the same. Oh. <laughs> and uh, and I don't know, we just we just kind of didn't continue with that. But I mean, to be fair, I would have used it, you know, three times, and then uh, and then it would have just gone in the pile of all the things that we own. I, but um, I do have a very nice microscope in Tasmania somewhere. I got one, and it was a good one. I don't mean to boast, but I, it sounds like I had a much better microscope than you. <laughs> one of the, one of the eye lenses fell out. Oh, oh, brutal! I mean, and it was. When are we going to get the domestic scanning, tunneling, electron microscope technology? I mean, all these big pieces of technology, you know, the giant computers of yesteryear, eventually become yeah. so tiny that we can have them in our hold them in our hand. When will I get a? Mm. a scanning tunneling electron microscope that is just an app on my phone and if i want to look at the you know the very structure of the atoms in a in a in a in my coffee table that i can just i can just get the app up and just look at that when do i get that yeah when it's all i think that's something that you'd want i'd be cool for a couple of minutes you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it'd be good it could be the first it'd be good the first time somebody showed it to you at a at a house party or something like that and you'd be like oh yeah. wow and then you'd go back and tell other people about it and then ah not really you'd wear off it'd yeah, be about like... as good as that app that made it look like you were drinking a beer out of your phone yeah but then then maybe like three years down the line you'd see somebody on youtube did something really cool with mm. one of those things and you go i should get mine out yeah, and have a look at it. <laughs> and then you, you'd look at the one, like you know the, I don't know, you'd look at the electrons in the, uh, in the cable of your, you know your earphones, and then you go, nah, nah this wasn't that interesting actually. <laughs> Is there a sketch in everybody having a scanning tunneling electron microscope in the home, Alistair, or that 
kind of domestic technology. I think, I feel like this idea of having one of the coolest bits of little technology mm. and it's available now for like twenty nine ninety nine. Mm. Yeah. And that you get it and you show, you know, you look, you go, oh, cool. And then you show your housemate. Yeah. And then you just put it away. Yeah. Or it, like it starts to get in the way. It's in the corner of the room and you're like hanging clothes on it. And you're stubbing your toe on it. And then you're like, then you're putting it out on the street and it's getting soggy in the rain. And, peop, you know, council comes around and they're picking up all the electron microscopes that people have left on the nature strip and smashing no, them in the say, back they of their say, We're not truck. accepting these anymore. <laughs> We've got too many. We've got too many for the garbage. I like, I mean, we could, we could do, the sketch could do kind of like the life cycle of this idea that like a company yeah. does start marketing them as the thing that you've got to have, right? Like almost yeah. like 3D printers were almost like that for a while and I think... You know, they're kind of a bit, a lot of them are kind of a bit redundant now, especially the early ones that like don't have, aren't as good. Um, but like, you know, they try, they work out, how can we try and sell this thing? Like we've got a company that makes these things, but there's a real limit on the market. How can we kind of flog it as a thing that people need in their homes? And then we go through that thing of people starting to buy them and it being really cool for a bit and then they becoming garbage. Total well, and This is how they would get you. They'd say, see things at the quantum level. Mm, that's how they'd get me. You see know, things as they go, really oh, are. I thought you couldn't see things at the quantum <laughs> level. And they go, well, until now. Most people can't. Are you doing the right thing for your kid's education? Does your child have a functional electron microscope in the home? Because my kid does. Yeah, because are you were you only taking them down to like the the nanometer or something like that? Yeah. Oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, I reckon we've got right. five ideas, Al. You're absolutely right, Andy. So that means that we're going to go to three words from a listener, Andrew. I don't know if you know this, but people who support us on Patreon can uh, suggest three words. And today's listener is James Roy. James Roy. Thank James you, James. Roy. Hello, James Roy. Thank you so much, James Roy. Yes. Um, Andy, do you want to try and guess what James Roy's mm. words are, assuming that I wrote them down correctly? Gurgle. Gurgle? Gurgle. Gurgle? Oh, no. No. Do you want to try again? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, lunch. No, uh. but... One of the words does have the same number of U's. <laughs> but you got every other number of letters incorrect. That word was stutter. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Well, so we've got stutter. Yep. We've got magic. Yep. And we've got environ. Stutter. Magic. Environ. I did a tweet today that I deleted straight away um, because I was embarrassed about it. But my tweet was uh, Harry Potter, but it's stage magicians instead of uh, wizards. And can you imagine? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, it's stage magicians. Yeah, instead, instead of, of wizards? wizards. You imagine like, like that. Your son, your your son is thir- thirteen. 
and an enormous man shows up at the door and says, your son is a stage magician. He's going to come away with me to the school full of stage magicians where we'll teach him stage magic. Give me your boy. that's really good. Give me the boy. (laughs) (laughs) And you try and protest, but they keep producing doves out of their sleeves and squirting you with water as they take away your child. (laughs) As stage magicians tend to do. Are you thinking of clowns? (laughs) Well, they produce doves. I'm sure they squirt you with water in some in some tricks. Andy, do you mean out of a flower on their clown outfit? No, I don't. I mean out of a flower on their magician outfit. <laughs> um and there's the there's one evil um stage magician mm. that they they don't speak the name of. His name is Kyle though. <laughs> Because um, he tried to start the, a war a with the humans. Between non-magic people, and then also non-magic people who know stage <laughs> magic. Um. Right. And um. Yeah, I guess what's the dark arts of stage magic? Um. I mean, I feel like, you know, almost like pickpocketing and that sort of thing, you know, is, is, is a little bit, little bit that, you know. Um, yeah. Making, making uh, things disappear, uh, then not bringing them back, and the things are children. Um, some, of the, some of the stage magic dark arts is just like, you know, those ones that they do with with filmed magic where it's like, well, they wouldn't just do that by just <laughs> getting the person to walk away while the camera's off. Yeah. I mean, then, the worst kind of those ones are surely the ones where there's, they're like, we've never met before, have we? But then it is just an actor that you've paid <laughs> Oh, to, the to stage that. magic dark arts <laughs> of just when you have actually met yeah of just lying just lie it's just lying the magic is that <laughs> i would i would believe that i could just lie to you like this and probably charge you money to watch me do it like when you, they tell you that these are just two ordinary rings <laughs> yeah just, and they're actually really strange rings <laughs> Two ordinary rings. You know those kinds of big gold metal rings that you just have lying around the house? Lying around, Just perfectly ordinary that we all know and we all understand the way they behave. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know when you bang them together? (laughs) (laughs) Like the idea of people just doing that at home. Just... But nothing just, interesting so, happens because they're just well, domestic you, rings. They're just normal rings. You think it's like it's like watching a person clapping, you know? It's no different because they're so familiar with it. <laughs> but imagine if those hands somehow became linked together. <laughs> um, All right, so... I really like that idea. I'm so oh, glad you deleted it great. so that we could have it on the, yeah. on the pod. Yeah. 
That's why I deleted. Um, I, I feel like that's save that's a worthwhile. We could, that's another film that we could make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> could it be a three-part franchise? How, I guess so. Yeah. Oh, how I many mean, parts why would were we in the Harry some... Potter? Like seven or some shit. Seven movies. Seven, and then a stage show. Oh my god. That's before you even get started on the Wizarding World films of uh, Mysterious Beasts and Where to Find Them and the Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. I mean... I've barely seen any new movies. I haven't seen any of the new Star Wars. I haven't seen any of those other... I haven't even watched the last Harry Potter movie because I was like, oh, I forgot. I never got around to watching that last... uh, reading that last book. And now you never will. Now I never will because I don't like JK anymore. JK... Yeah. Um, Andy, does that count as our as James Roy's uh, yeah, sketch idea? We'll, do you think? we'll let James write in if he feels ripped off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I guess the magic bits in there, and that's what's that's the connection. Yeah, really. that was the connection. Um, and the big guy, the big guy who comes and gets your kid and says he's a stage magician. <laughs> that can be uh, that guy can have a stutter. He can have a stutter. And what was the other word? And his name can be Environ. Yeah, perfect. Um, oh. Oh, Andy, this is such a good idea <laughs> for a, for a, a parody movie. Like, I feel like I could dedicate my life to making parody movies. Right. My entire life. Yeah. Right. Throw everything else away. <laughs> I wonder if you if you are exclusively ate custard. Right, drank drinking custard. Do you think your yeah. poo would be more Wait, runny? You ate, you ate drinking. Yeah, custard? that's right. Like you because chewed. you're a, you're a bad man. You like chew drinking correct. custard. <laughs> Do you think your poo would be m- more runny or more solid? Well, I think you'd have non-Newtonian poo. Would <laughs> depend depend if you hit it with a hammer. The cornstarch that's in there. Non-Putonian. Um, um, yeah, all right. We're done here, Alistair. Take yeah, us through right. the sketches. We've got stand-up ghost. A guy died from either at his own hand or a bee sting, <laughs> and he was a stand-up comedian. And But he wasn't doing that well anyway. And then suddenly... People like him a lot more now that he's a ghost stand-up <clears throat> comedian. He has to, get, but he can only go up at this one night mm. uh, the, from the room that he haunts. But it's, but it's really good for his career. He gets to be one of the cool kids for a bit. But all his material is very ghost-centric. Yeah, and and he can only perform through other people, which means that it's very hard because people never recognize his face because he always has a different face. Terrible for marketing. Mm. Um, then we've got. He'd have to come up with a distinctive muse. pose. Anyway. Oh, that's a good idea. Sorry. But a lot of people say that it's a bit more of a zombie pose. Oh. Maybe he just gets a sheet. He gets him to put on a sheet. That's great. There's one there at the back of the stage. Yeah. Um, but then that's stealing, that's stealing an idea from our, our friend Laura Davis who oh, did yeah. a, sh- a show under a sheet like that. Speaking of friends, can I plug Ainsley's podcast, Meta? Oh, yeah. Which is very, very good. I love listening to Meta so much. Firstly, they're both so chill. Yeah. Um, Sam and Ainsley. And so smart and funny. And 
and so smart and funny. And I feel like I learn something every time, but, but it's not a learning podcast. It really is just two people talking. Just find it meta, M-E-T-A. Yeah, I'll try and put a link meta. in the show notes below. Definitely give it a listen. Yes. Um, then we have the Bad Idea Muse. Bad Idea Muse is very full-on uh, and gives you really bad ideas, but you're very excited to have a muse, mm. you know? Then we got the fingernail cleaning products. That's when we discovered that there are some jobs that can only be done with a fingernail. Or several. Loose ones. Or several. But then, of course, you'll find out that a lot of the fingernails are coming from the Xinjiang region of China or something like that. You'll be like, oh, Jesus. That's really Um, made this seem really grubby, this fingernail idea. Well, the only thing that can clean this (laughs) this sketch idea up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then we got the realitizer. Everybody gets to use it once. Mm. You get one go. Don't waste it. One go. It's... It's one of the only it's one of the only pure things in the world now. Then we got the twenty four hour film festival where people have to make twenty four hour films, but they have to make it in only one hour. <laughs> um, you could do that if you had a big enough it. team. A lot of different yeah, units. That's true. Fuck yeah, that's crazy. That would be so amazing. Mm. I guess if you did it. And you'd have to just kind of plan it out a little bit. But basically all the bits just have to be put one after the other. Yeah. And you and you just go, all right, let's just see how we can do it. <laughs> let's see how we go. Be a lot of shots of like one person on the phone over here, another person on the phone over <laughs> here. <laughs> it's sounding good. It's sounding like one of those situations <laughs> where greatness comes from constraints. <laughs> You'd need like tri- like identical triplets so that you can have a nice long phone phone conversation just between two people in the film. Yes. Um, then we got the household electron microscope <laughs> and how quickly it becomes a burden, a burden and a garbage that just envelops the world. And then we have stage magician Harry Potter, mm. which is going to be the film that's going to launch our film careers. Into the sun. <laughs> uh, Andy, our film careers couldn't get any worse than they already are. So, And it's probably one of the best places to be. Yeah, that's true. It's a really, really good starting point. Starting at rock bottom. Right. And also, there's already a built-in audience for this. I mean, you don't call it stage magician Harry Potter, but when you're when you're describing it to people, and they go, "It's like stage, it's like Harry Potter, but with stage magicians." Mm. Everybody, like all the all the audience who love Harry Potter, will be like, "Well, just I'll have a little peekaboo just to see." Wonder if there are stage magicians in the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> <laughs> Like even within the magicians, right? Like maybe some of the magic people would still have that close-up magic as a hobby. Or would they be stage muggles? Oh, wait. (laughs) So what's that? They pretend not to be magic on stage? I guess so. I mean, it's probably... A bunch of magicians. It's probably just a weird thing where it's, it's basically just an... 
a parody of being a minstrel, I guess. Ooh. But like a, like a lot of wizards and witches would go along to like a nightclub or something to watch somebody perform muggledom on stage. Yeah, muggledom. Yeah, and they'll go, oh, this is what they're like. <laughs> You're right, it doesn't seem okay. I'm glad we thought it through. <laughs> yeah. All right. Plum, plum. Plum, plum, plum. Plum, plum. Plum, plum. Plum, plum. Thank you so much for listening to Two in the Think Tank. God, I love it. God, I love it when you Me listen. Too. Thank you also to the it. people who've written elaborate and glowing reviews of the podcast recently. <laughs> Man, so elaborate and so glowing. Thank you so much. They feel good. They feel good. Yes, it tingles all and the way down. You, are, you know who you are. Mm. And and if I, I mean, I'd want to set a challenge out there for anybody who's interested in making the writing the most elaborate reviews. We, we don't have the best reviews, but we do have the most elaborate. <laughs> I don't know how that oh, feeds into the a, algorithm. We have reviews with a twist at the end. <laughs> Turns out that everybody was dead the whole during the whole review. <laughs> um, so um, thank you, you so much. You can get magma. Yeah, yes. You can get magma from sospresents.com. Uh, we are on Twitter at 2 in Tank. I and, am at Stupid Old Andy. Uh, and I'm at Alistair TB. And we're also on Instagram at Two and Tank. And uh, you can support us on Patreon if you feel. You can, you know, you can enrich your lives by working hard on different skills if you want. <laughs> and, and you can and take care of those around you if you want. You can take care of those around you, which you should always do. But especially always. Mm. Especially, and, and we, we <laughs> love love you. You, thank you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional; you have to do it. <laughs> we used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah, yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 